0: Good morning, Chapel, and welcome to Vision Sunday. A couple times a year, we take a weekend and we unpack the vision of our church. We celebrate what God's just done in the last season of the church, and then we look into the future. And I have so much I can't wait to share with you today about what's happening in your church family. But I want to begin with a huge welcome to the men and women at the Chapel in Midlothian, the men and women at the Chapel in Scott's Edition, and also, as always, it's our joy to bring everything we are as a church into Chesterfield County Jail. So happy Vision Sunday. Not only do I want to share some vision about our church, but I also want to share vision for our own lives. You see, I think something incredible happens when we unlock vision. So maybe you've been lacking hope or lacking confidence or lacking an excitement for the future. My hope is today, as we open God's word and read about what the Bible has to say about vision, that it will not only inspire you about what's happening in the life of our local church, but it'll inspire you about what's happening in your own life. In fact, the writer of Proverbs chapter 29 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Meaning when people don't have vision, they don't have a picture of the future. They don't have a sense of where they're going. Everything breaks down. So I want to talk to you this weekend about the power of vision. Let me tell you a few things that are coming up in the life of our church. Next weekend, I can't wait to be back with you in person. We're launching a brand new series called What About? And this series, What About?, is based upon something we do every Easter. If you're new here, every Easter we take a survey where we ask you what are the things you'd most like to learn about? What do you wanna learn about Bible questions or scripture questions or where we're headed as a church or culture questions? So we're gonna look about what the Bible says. What about finances? And what about women in the Bible? What about the end times? It's an incredible series to invite someone to be to. And then also want to let you know that in just three days we have First Wednesday and we're going to conclude our series on the life of David. I'm going to be back sharing David the worshiper. If you've never been to a First Wednesday, you don't want to miss that. So I'm so excited about it. As I get ready to talk about some of the wins that have happened in the life of our church, I also wanted to ask for a little bit of prayer for myself and my family. Um, give you a little update. The last couple of weeks, I started to have some vertigo issues, a little bit of dizziness, and I'm so thankful for incredible doctors who checked me out all week. And what they discovered was an inflamed nerve in my ear, in my inner ear, that's disrupting my balance and everything like that. So it's the part of your ear that connects the to your brain, and it can create just a little bit of dizziness and vertigo. And so I'm gonna ask you over the next uh, four to six weeks to pray for me that that sense of dizziness and vertigo would go away. They're, they'll MRI me again in six weeks, but I just wanted you as a church family to know, if you see me once in a while sitting down in worship, or I'm kinda, I'm kinda operating at 70% today, It's actually kind of freeing, so if my preaching isn't good, I have a good excuse today. But I wanted you to pray about that uh, with Katie and I and the kids, and thanks to all our church family, incredible doctors, teams that have been so good to me. But just wanted you to uh, pray for me in regards to that. So Vision Sunday. when I think back on all God did this past summer, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, we, we we probably had our greatest summer ever as a church. We we launched something new we didn't know how it would go called Motion Conference, and it was amazing to see 400 students and young adults come to love God and pursue Him in worship, and 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 God really used it. I think specifically to raise the spiritual temper temperature in our students' lives. And, and of course, we had VBS at, at both campuses, Midlow and Scott's Edition. And it was amazing to see hundreds of kids loving and worshiping Jesus and giving to missions and connecting to God. It was just just amazing in every way. I mean, so much serve day in Scott's Edition. What a cool day we had just partnering with businesses and making a difference there. And then, of course, our Freedom Conference kind of kicked off our summer. God's done so much this summer. I'm overwhelmed. We had the chance to be in person, in the jail, and baptize 45 different people and there's just a sense of God's grace on the hand of our church and God's hand and grace on our church and we're so thankful for that, so appreciative of that, so um, just overwhelmed at what God is doing. I want to share with you really our vision because I know there's so many new people and it's important to know where a church stands and what our vision is. And I think our vision as a church has been designed to be similar to one we can have individually as people. And we say it in our logo, chapel, the three bars, that the first thing we exist for is to help people know God. Come on, say that with me today, chapel. We exist to help people, come on, what? Know God. Paul tells Timothy this in 1 Timothy six twenty one. He says some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Did you know that that's the most important thing in life to know God? And so we say that as a church all the time. We exist to help people know God. I mean, we love forming uh, relationships with people and we love doing uh, justice issues and work and, and feeding the poor and meeting the needs of people. But none of that really matters if we're not, first of all, helping people connect to their divine potential and possibility in a relationship with God. We exist to help people come to know God in fact that's our desire for you that's my desire for me for my family for our church that we'd be in relationship with God a growing relationship with God that comes through Jesus in fact the Bible kind of describes this transformation in our lives that happens when we come to know God as a metamorphosis okay think of here's the definition of a metamorphosis the change of the former nature of a thing to a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. It's, it's when, when the, the little uh, uh, thing becomes a butterfly. It's when God transforms us on the inside. And Paul describes it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, or the new is here. Did you know that's possible through Jesus, that, that we're able to be transformed? That real change is what happens with that butterfly when it becomes a different form. And that's the same thing that God can do in our life when we come to know God. And so, Chapel, don't hear me wrong. We we love feeding the poor. And we love reaching out uh, to the physical needs of our neighborhood. We love being a part of helping people in so many different ways. But all of that has to start in a spiritual way relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We exist as a church to help people come to know God. Our hope is that through our worship and through through each week as we open God's word and teach his word verse by verse, that there's a change that happens on the inside of us, that we get closer to God, that we know more about what he has to say about our life, and it makes a difference in our future. That's our prayer for you, your family, your kids, our students, everyone, that we just come to know God even more and more. And one of the ways we do this in so many different ministries is through our partnership with Try Hope and and prison ministry. And To me, there's something about, not just talking about knowing God, but hearing maybe a life change story of somebody whose life was changed when they got to know God. And so I can't wait to introduce you to Nick and Angela as you get to hear a little bit about how their story, of how God worked in their life through the prison ministry and the chapel to help them come to know God better.
1: All right, my name's Nick Zebra, and um, you know, ever since I was little, I remember sitting there thinking, man, you know, I can't wait to, uh, you know, try all the drugs. You know, I never thought I was going to be an addict, though, you know, I just thought that couldn't happen to me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even as as little as, uh, you know, eight years old, I remember uh, wanting to try cocaine. And, uh, you know, as I moved along in life, um, I started doing, I started doing the drugs at 11 and got into the harder stuff at 14. And uh, a year later, my brother had passed away, and I got moved into different group home or uh, foster cares, and uh, just just kind of pushed through for a while. You know, I'd be clean for a little bit. I wouldn't. I'd be clean. I wouldn't. And then uh, when I turned 20, I started uh, messing around with uh, heroin and then fentanyl, and. Um, Very, very, very shortly, uh, I lost both my jobs, both my vehicles, girlfriend, um, literally just about everything I had. I had to move in with uh, my parents for a while.
2: Nick, by the time he hit his bottom, um, he had no self-esteem. To say he was low, wasn't even, um, didn't even begin to touch where he was.
1: So, you know, throughout my addiction as it progressively got worse, you know, I, uh, my friends were dying, you know, and, and I'd, I'd, get, I'd have points where, you know, I'd want to get clean and then, you know, I'd get clean and then I'd, you know, go back and uh, got so bad at, at some points to where I would, you know, I was, I was praying for, you know, God, just, just make it all end, you know, I just, I'm just done.
2: And they called and said, You know, mom, you know, don't worry about me. Um, I'm in Chesterfield. I'm where I need to be. And they've got HARP here, and I'm going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about me. Um, you know, when your kid's standing in jail and telling you, Don't worry about me, it's not that, not that easy to just turn that off.
1: You know, I, I knew it was going to be a big, big part of my life. I just didn't realize, you know, how big. And after a month of being in the HARP, <clears throat> I signed up for the tri uh class, and uh, that's when I was first introduced to the chapel. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget the first time that I, I heard Pastor Brandon uh, say, uh, "You know, uh, welcome to you know all the men and women in Chesterfield County Jail and Heart." And you know, I was like, "Man, you know, that's that's us." And
2: you know, not. Most churches will talk the talk. Oh, it's important to pass the word along. It's important for, you know, to make changes or whatever. But how many of them go into the jails? How many of them actually go there and say, we want you?
1: It just put that piece that I was missing back in my life, man. And um, to, to be able to be a part of a church like that, you know, that, that's so accepting of, you know, people make mistakes, man. And, you know, you can turn your, turn your life around and I started growing my faith back with with God. You know, I, I started praying a lot more. I started listening to some Christian music instead of listening to the stuff that I had been listening to. Uh, I'll never forget it because I was sitting in the, I was sitting in my, in my cell, you know, brushing my teeth and whatnot. And uh, like three songs came on back to back and, you know, I just, I just had this like huge spiritual, uh, event, which I'd never had before. Um, you know, it just, it's just like my eyes opened up, my, my heart felt lighter, you know, it, and I just started bawling like a baby. So, I, I, uh, I, I threw the flag up cause you know, I ain't want nobody to see me, man. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, I think I stayed in there for like 20 minutes or something like that. Just, just crying and praying, man. And, um, uh, you know after that you know it just everything really really felt different i think it was a couple weeks after that uh uh, one of the people that were running the program came in and asked about uh doing baptisms and i was like man i want to get out because i want to go to the church you know i don't want to i don't want to be here when i do it i want to i want to be baptized in the church
2: you know he called me and said you know Mom, I had an adventure today. And I was like, oh my God, in jail, what kind of thing is an adventure? You know, I was scared to death what on earth happened to him because the other times he had said something like that, it wasn't good. Um, but he says, Mom, I, I actually left the jail and I went and got baptized in the chapel. And I was like, you did what?
1: You know, when I got out, you know, the first thing I wanted to do was come to the chapel. And, uh, you know, that that the first time you you really get to be in the, the chapel is is such an amazing thing, especially you know coming, getting out from jail and being able to do that. You know your your eyes just, just, just open up, man, and it's it, it's such a joyful experience. And even you know even now coming to the chapel, you know I, it's still like you know a kid on Christmas, man. You know I, I I love doing it 'cause I can. It's not only you know building my relationship with God and worshiping God, but you know I can also see the people that you know I was locked up with that have done the same thing. Because sitting around like-minded people is such a huge difference. You know, when I first got on on heroin, you know, I didn't agree with heroin. You know, and uh, I started hanging out with some guys that did, and, you know, slowly but surely I went off to that path. So, you know, staying around people that, you know, believe in God, that want to do good, that want to change their life, and that are changing their life is a a big deal for me. and you know that's part of the reason why when when guys get out of jail now i try to you know help them get to the chapel you know uh, my mom it drives us up here every week that we can make it and you know we haven't really missed many of them and um <clears throat> she she wants to pick up everybody she came man and it's just just helping helping guys have the same experience that i did when i got out you know is 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 amazing man
2: you know, they go in and watching them worship, watching Nick worship. I've cried a lot of times in there watching them worship because this is so far from where their life was and they've come so far and it means so much to them and they're so genuine and I'm thankful to Chapel, I'm thankful to God, I'm thankful to the people, everyone who puts one, one piece of anything out there to them. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for them.
1: Before, you know, I I was, I was empty, broken, you know, I I didn't have a purpose in life. I I wanted to die, man, you know, and, and after, you know, I'm, I'm filled back up, you know, I've got life again, man. I've got a purpose, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, that's all I can say, man. You know?
0: Wow. What an incredible story. I mean, to hear people describe their life changed and transformed, I just wanted to pause for a second and thank you, chapel, for your generosity. Because of your serving, because of your giving, because of your generosity, uh, people's lives, like Nick, are being transformed every week. In fact, last weekend, we had a whole mess of people raising their hands, taking steps to place their faith in Jesus, and so our heart exists to help people come to know God. You probably remember me telling you the story a few years ago of my son Jordan being missing at the bus stop. and Katie couldn't find him and I couldn't find him. About 15 minutes passed, the neighbors were crying, we were crying. The whole world, it turns out he got on the bus and somebody missed him. But, you know, there's a moment if you're a parent when you're missing a kid that nothing else matters but finding that lost son or daughter. You don't care about what's for dinner. You don't ever think, well, I still got three kids, only one's missing. And I think the same is true with the heart of God. He exists to come to help people know him. And he chases them down. Luke 15 tells us that like a father chasing down a lost son, like a woman chasing down a lost coin, like a shepherd chasing down a lost sheep, God comes looking for the lost one. So we as a church exist, number one, to help people know God. Come on, let's say that out loud. We exist to help people come to what? Come on, to help people know God. Come on, one more time. We exist to help people know know God. The second vision we have that we are so passionate about in church is not just to come to know God in a relationship, but to let him do a work inside of our life. We call it find freedom. It's really the process where God does a work in our life and heart and transforms us on the inside. And in fact, James five puts it this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. We say it this way, that we find forgiveness in God, in our relationship with God, but we find healing on the inside of our life and our relationships with other people. We call it find freedom. It's why we believe so much in the local church. It's why we believe so much in small groups and partnership one with another, because there's nothing like being connected to one another in relationships that change us on the inside. And, and I know I know people all the time are saying, well, my relationship with God is personal. It's not anybody else's business. I, I get that to some degree. But the truth is, we need other people, don't we? In fact, today's a really exciting season in our church because we've opened the small group directory. In fact, today we have one more uh, leader training. If you're interested in still launching a group this semester, it's not too late. You can sign up for training today and or just show up and They'll help get you ready to launch a brand new group. But we have all these groups launching and, and, and they're groups that are designed in all kinds of different areas of life, from Bible study to real practical ones. But they're just designed to connect us in community because we think even though our sins are forgiven with Jesus, our habits and our hurts and our hang ups and our struggles, those things are only healed in our life in community with one another. C.S. Lewis said, real friendship begins when somebody says, you too, or me too, you know? Meaning we need other people who have been through life like we have, who can walk with us through the challenges and the struggles and the difficulties of life. And so I want to encourage you to find a small group, all of us, to, to find a place to get connected, that we're we're in trouble when we're on our own, but we're safe and our lives are transformed when we're in community with other people. And we call that find freedom. In fact, if you haven't uh, found a small group, we have one kind of small group at our church that we encourage everyone to go through at least one time, and we call those freedom groups. And, They're an 11 or 12 week experience that are just designed to help us work through the hurts and work through the hangups and work through the stuff. All of our staff has gone through this small group and and it really is a way to just open our hearts and transform us. And at the end of that semester, all the different small groups, I think we have 18 freedom groups this semester, all the different uh, groups that have been going together their 11 or 12 weeks will come together for a freedom Conference. It's, it's designed to kind of be the fulfillment of that whole process. In fact, let me show you what it, what it looks like. Here's a recap of Freedom Conference. That incredible! I want to encourage everybody. Let's sign up for a small group. And if you don't know what group to sign up for, sign up for a freedom group. You got 18 to pick from: morning, evening, men's, women's, co-ed, family, all that. Sign up for a group because there's just something that happens in our life in community and in connection. So our church exists to help people come to know God and come to uh, find freedom. And here's the here's the third thing: chapel. Our church exists to help people make a difference, right? Like, that's why we exist, that we think life has to be more than just make a dollar or make a buck or find some success. We need to be people that are making a difference. Do you know God created us on purpose for a purpose? In fact, there's a whole chapter of the Bible. It's right now my most favorite chapter, Psalm 139, where the Bible says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Do you know God has a plan for us even in our mother's womb? And the psalmist says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, he says. I know that full well and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you know God made you on purpose? Do you know the way he wired you, your personality, your gifts, your talents, your ability are all, all on purpose. we call this finding your purpose, finding your place. In fact, one of the things we do in our growth track is we just help people connect with their purpose. We let them know God wired you that way on purpose. He gave you the personality he wanted you to have. He gave you the gifts set he wanted you to have. He made you just the way he wanted to make you. And, and he made you that way so that you could find your purpose in him. You know, I think we live in a world where people are searching for purpose. They're searching for meaning. They're searching for a sense of direction. And I think that can only be found in our connection to God. Mark Twain says there are two great days in our lives, the day we're born and the day we discover why we were born. Isn't that true? Like we need to know uh, in our lives God, I'm not just born, but you have a purpose, a why, a direction for me. And when we discover our purpose, then we start to make a difference. We lean with those gifts and talents into what God has for us. Jesus put it this way in John 15, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, that we'd be people who bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Do you know that's Jesus' desire for us, that we would bear much fruit, that we would make a difference. You know, as a church, we've decided we don't want it complicated here at the chapel. There are some churches, they had mission statement, vision statement, action step. You need like a decoder ring to understand it. As a church, we've always just said, no, 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 we want to help people come to know God, we want to help people come to find freedom, and then we want to help people come to make a difference. If you don't feel like you're making a difference, if you don't feel like you found your place to serve or get connected, I want you to know that we actually have that today. Today is step one of the growth track, and it's two steps. It's always the first Sunday of the month and the second Sunday of the month, and it's a chance for you to connect with our team. Step one's about the vision of our church. Step two is about how you're wired, how you're gifted, how you're uh, shaped and created, and how you can plug into God's great plan for, our, for your life. We really believe this. Real joy doesn't come from making a lot of money. Real joy doesn't come from having all the material uh, possessions. Real joy springs from us realizing we're making a difference for eternity. The happiest people I know are spending their life giving it away. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you know that? That he hasn't just designed us to be uh, reservoirs or conduits of blessing, but but he's designed us to be people that give away those blessings to others. Find your purpose, find your place, find your goal. Not just a, a command from Jesus, but a life of bearing fruit. Jesus said that you bear much fruit. That's where you find the joy of making a difference today we're so excited about what God's doing in the life of our church. It's a passion for us. It's all of what we do. Everything's what we do is to just help people come to know God and find freedom and make a difference. And maybe you're here this weekend and you say, pastor, I'm not really sure I've ever connected my life to that purpose. Maybe not just in serving, but maybe you're not really even sure you know God. Our church exists to help people take those steps and Before I turn the service over to our leaders and we sing a song in closing, I'd love to pray for you today. I'd love to pray that the truth of Jesus and the message of who he is would be real in your life. You see, the whole story of the Bible is that God didn't leave us on our own, but that he sent us a savior to die for us, to give his life for us, to give us a new chance, a forgiveness of sins, new start, a do-over forgiveness. You can have that today. If you're just willing to open your heart and life to surrender your life to God. Would you bow with me all over this room? If you're here this weekend, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure where I'm at in a relationship with God. You just pray a prayer that goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm not perfect. I know I've sinned and come up short. Today, I believe that you died on a cross and on the third day, you rose from the dead to forgive my sins and give me a new start. So come and live on the inside of me. Cover my mistakes, cover my sin. I turn away from my sin and myself, and I trust you. Live on the inside of me. Give me a new start. Give me a new future. Today, I'm following you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're excited for you today. The greatest thing we do as a church is just to help people come to know God. And you just let us know that by connecting on the little connection card. You say, I've committed my life or recommitted my life. Drop it off at Next Step or in the offering uh, containers at the back. Or you email us and we we won't stalk you, I promise. We just want to help you uh, know some clear next steps for how you can grow in your new relationship with Jesus. Chapel, this is going to be an amazing fall. God's going to do incredible things. New series launching this next week, and I can hardly wait to see what our faithful God is going to do in this next season of our church.